Happy Easter. Good morning. This is the Weekend Sports Buzz. We have Kelly Patrick, Gary Love, Steve Driver, Chris Embry, and me, Doc Parks. Let's get the show started. Good stuff this morning. Thank you very much for the professional intro there, Doc. As you said, it's Easter Sunday. We've got a a full show ahead of us. We have the entire Weekend Sports Buzz crew in-house with us this morning. All five of us. We've got a nice rotation going uh, at this point of the the Weekend Sports Buzz. Just a heads up for any of our regular listeners. We will not be on the air next Sunday at all. We're going to take the week off. I will be in Dayton, Ohio, and everybody kind of came together where it's just best to take the week off. Uh, HRMMA 107 will be in Dayton, Ohio. I'll be making the trip up there. A lot of great fights going on. But on the the schedule for today's show, we have, as always, college basketball talk. Of course, the NBA playoffs are underway. One of the storylines from the past week that I found to be intriguing was... The Los Angeles Clippers and the Golden State Warriors were playing, and six foot one Patrick Beverly really got up into the head of one Kevin Durant. And after the game, the Clippers won. I think it was game two. So then the series was tied one to one. Clippers won game two. And one of the reporters asked Kevin Durant afterwards, you know, what's the deal? How, how did this short guy get in your head like that? Kevin Durant was very irritable. I don't know if any of you saw this clip but Kevin Durant said oh what do you think I should have done just to some random probably unathletic reporter but I always enjoy seeing top level athletes really lose their stuff you know what I mean Steve yeah um did you see that Russell Westbrook and Paul George just refused to answer questions after their game the other day I I, think there I mean there's a certain level of there's a cutoff line you know to where it becomes unprofessional Okay, and what are you saying? I, I, I do like sometimes that Durant gives it back to the reporters. So you're you know? saying that he Westbrook and Paul George, maybe they got a little carried away. Yeah. That was unprofessional. Yeah. But Durant gets a pass for his? Well, at least he answers the questions and takes okay. a shot back at, at you. You know, uh, Westbrook just, you know, no more questions. What if What if Durant always said that? Oh, maybe we should have had you out there playing to just some random reporter. I like that. I would think that's entertaining. Yeah. I would remind our listeners, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. We have an entire two hours ahead of us this morning. Louisville Combat Academy is located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. They specialize in putting fighters into the cage they have a the largest active roster of amateur and professional mma fighters at any gym in the state of kentucky and they also have great brazilian jiu-jitsu adult classes four days a week monday through thursday at 6 a.m and evening classes also they have a thriving kids program so check out aj jenkins and louisville combat academy if you have any interest in martial arts, in getting uh, out there and bettering yourself and, and benefiting from the, the structure and discipline that martial arts can get bring into your life, check out Louisville Combat Academy. Our man Gary Love is in studio with us this morning, at Scouting You on Twitter. Gary, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? Doing very well. Looks like Kentucky has a little bit of new. As always, the men's basketball team 
always has a little bit of news from the past week. Looks like they're losing a transfer, but it wasn't too unexpected. Is it Baker? Yeah, Jamal Baker is a reserve guard nine minutes a game. Pretty much they've been saying since last over the last year he's been homesick. He's from California. Homesick. What a sissy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Homesick. Homesick? Okay, uh, go on. Yeah. And then, of course, homesick? Uh, uh, EJ Montgomery uh, put his name in the draft just to uh, get feedback on what he needs to do, what he needs to work on. He wants to be a first-round pick. He's not going to be a first-round pick. So, why not put your name in and let the NBA scouts evaluate you and let you know what you need to work on? In recent years, Gary, Kentucky has almost kind of lost the throne as the number one team in the country when it comes to recruiting these one-and-done prospects. Duke has taken the place of Kentucky in that realm, and specifically that realm. Is that trend going to continue for this upcoming season? As far as recruiting goes, is Coach K still owning Coach Cal? He's getting, yeah, he's getting the top five recruits. I mean, People act like Kentucky isn't getting any. They've got two top ten guys. Is Kentucky still going to be definitively number two? Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't say Arizona's got a pretty good class. They're number one right yeah. now. Sean Miller. Okay, He's, he runs you a clean some, program. I th- it's odd too. You have the top two <laughs> players. Um, you know, going to Memphis and Georgia, right? Yes. So that, Tom that, Crean that's, and that's a bit odd. Penny Hardaway. I mean, uh, you know, maybe they're building great programs down there, but. Well, I think it's more or less the case they're both staying home. Yeah. So, Anthony Edwards from Georgia, uh, James Wiseman from Memphis. I think it would be good for college basketball if Memphis was was decent. Sure. Yeah. I think parity across the board is good. Yeah, and I, Penny is – he wants to play Kentucky. He's trying to schedule Kentucky. I don't think, they'll, I don't think Cal's going to play him. First hmm. of all, Cal's upset because – DJ Jeffries was committed to Kentucky, and Penny Hardaway was continually recruiting the guy. And in basketball, where's Jeffries from? Uh, uh, Mississippi, right? Okay, so yeah. not not Memphis. Well, he's uh, Penny Hardaway coached him in AAU. Okay, and they that's one unwritten rule amongst college basketball coaches: you don't recruit a committed player. Mm. So there's some bad blood going on right now between Cal and Penny Hardaway, with the added storyline that. Cal used to, to coach at Memphis. It seems like it. And then uh, Cal, Cal was also recruiting other guys, Cleo Whitney, uh, Keon Brooks, and DJ Jeffrey's dad wanted Cal to guarantee he wouldn't bring any other forwards in. Cal said, no, we're going to get the best players we can get. Where is um, – do they know where Blackshear, the grad number one grand tra- grad transfer, is going yet from no. uh, Virginia Tech? No, he's right now he's playing in Portsmouth uh, – the NBA combine for seniors only. Uh, he wants to go to the NBA draft. His dad is saying that he hasn't heard from Kentucky. And he's from Orlando. So a lot of people right now are saying he may end up at Florida. Yeah. So I'm not sure. It's so crazy, you know, with teams trying to reload for the next year. You have grad transfers. And then you have you have. 2020 players or recruits maybe reclassifying to 2019. Yeah. That's just crazy to me. Hey, um, we need you this year. So uh, do you think you can reclassify? Well, if you you dive into those, a lot of those kids, correct me if I'm wrong, Gary. Yeah. A lot of those kids actually 
what they're are, held back at a young age. So they, stuff so like they, that does is what's going on. So age wise, they they are not going out of the right, Gary. Right, right. What they do is, I've I've realized it's a lot in Catholic schools. Hmm. When you're in elementary school, they hold you back a year, so you can be that much more advanced as far as. I went to uh, elementary school with a kid. He was in the same grade as me, and he was probably one of my best friends at when I went to LaGrange Elementary. Okay. And when I went to middle school, he was held back because he was in fifth grade. He was probably the best kid in school and basketball, so much bigger than everybody else. Yeah, and he didn't amount to anything. What do you mean by he didn't amount to anything? Did he have a good uh, high school career? Okay, I think. Okay. You have to tell me off the air who he, it is. He never went to. He never played college ball or anything. Well, I mean, if if the goal was to have a successful high school career, maybe, and that maybe they're happy with that. A lot of people live in, uh, you know, with their memories of their high school prolific seasons, right? Yeah. They do. Well, you also got to realize too. A lot of these guys like go a year to prep school. After high school, if they're not good enough to be recruited, they'll go to prep school. So Ashton Hagens. Was supposed to have been a senior last year in high school. He was still 19 years old. That's what I, okay, that's what I mean. So, yeah, people, kids get held back all the time. I had an August birthday, so I was actually 18 my entire senior year. Mm-hmm. Relatively, if anything, kind of old, but I was never held back. Right. Yeah. So, there's some people you're saying was 19 as a senior. Mm-hmm. My daughter, she's going to be older than everybody because she's got a November birthday. Okay. So, she'll be older than everybody when she gets in. Speaking of children... Uh, our man Steve Driver as a kid on the way. Yep. Congratulations. Thanks. Num- he, number two. He hasn't even told his family yet. We just broke, news. We yeah. broke well, the news on air. You know, anytime someone tells me something, I feel it's uh, my responsibility to share it with the Weekend Sports Buzz listeners. So if anybody has any ca- thoughts or, or comments on that, Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. They don't know whether it's a boy or girl yet. We would love to hear nominations I, for I, a name. I, I, I do know. Do you? Yeah. Um, I probably won't tell you, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out sooner rather than later. So, you know. Who are you going to get to do your gender reveal? Which, which um, famous athlete, LeBron? I certainly hope you're not pushing a certain gender. I'm not. I was gonna. I was about to go there, but as a joke, you know. I stole I it from you. I stole I, it. I didn't want the show to, you know... <laughs> become all about me but naturally that's that's what happens when i'm on there right apparently louisville combat academy buzz line is 502-384-1450 we're gonna head to the buzz line now we have our man brian the insider is on the line with us how are you this morning brian good morning everybody steve great to hear your voice back uh hey i'm gonna start with the churchill downs update you know we're less than two weeks away now from derby and uh Steve, very bad news for you. Uh, Harvey Wallbanger will not be in the Derby, uh, and it does look like the Mint Julep has survived for another year. I think it's 145 years now that uh, uh, there was a lot of speculation that the actual Derby drink would get changed to Harvey Wallbanger, but it's going to stay the Mint Julep, and Harvey Wallbanger's out, so very sorry there. Hey, guys, a lot of Derby horses are at the track. Yesterday they started the first day of uh, you know, the, they've got a, between 7.30 and 7.45. Uh, if you've ever go out there, if you haven't, go out in between now and Derby because uh, it's free. It's a great way to look at the horses. And um, from 7.30 to 7.45, they clear the track, and they only let Oaks and Derby horses in uh, to run. And uh, they've got uh, saddlecloths on that have their name. Yesterday was a bad day to start it. 
uh, over two inches of rain fell Saturday night in Louisville. And so some of the horses, including Omaha Beach, um, you know, really did very little on it. It was a sloppy sealed track. So uh, I think a lot more happened this morning. But uh, they, they do have that special uh, training session going on. Um, so, and there's a lot of derby horses on, on, on the, uh, grounds now. So, uh, Keeneland's going full blast, you know, guys, keep an eye on this. Uh, they they've had a few fatalities at Keeneland now and that normally would, we wouldn't be hearing a lot about, but with the hypersensitive environment we've got because of Santa Anita, which, uh, is really a desperate situation there. They've canceled their Thursday racing because there's no horses. Many of the horsemen have moved, uh, east. And a lot of them have actually come to Kentucky because Churchill is, is experiencing an unbelievable uh, purse uh, boost. Uh, the purses are up 50%. Derby week maiden special weights are going to be over 100,000, guys. They were like 56 last year. It's unbelievable with the, uh, with, with the extra purse money coming from uh, Derby race. Uh, what's it? Der- the Derby gaming. Uh, over there on popular level has exploded the purse structure in Kentucky, but but really at Churchill. So I expect, and a lot of the trainers from Santa Anita have actually picked up their tack and they they're they're moving there because of the bad deal. But man, we don't need many more horse deaths. Uh, Keeneland, uh, you know, had another one yesterday. So like I said, typically wouldn't be that big a deal, but all eyes are on horses fatality. And there is a big, they had a meeting in California, and there's a big contingent of people that want to see, I shouldn't say a big contingent, but they, the contingent made it to the negotiations table that want to see horse racing closed and banned, and these guys locked up. So uh, uh, that's not good for the Derby. Uh, that's not good for horse racing. Hey, I want to congratulate Tiger. Last time we were on the show, we talked about it. I've been on record of saying I didn't see any way he would win another major, and he sure did, and boy, was that an excitement. So uh, he's now getting a lot of money as a favor. You know, we're gonna, they, they got a new PGA schedule this year where they've got the, uh, the Masters didn't change, but the PGA and the U.S. Open is very, very much condensed. So over the next six weeks, we're going to run pretty much uh, all, the, uh, all the majors in, in there, and Tiger's in good form. Hey, I wanted to hear you guys' input a little bit on this grad transfer stuff. You know, we talk about it all the time in basketball. Both Kentucky and Louisville has already picked up a grad transfer for their for their rosters for next year. Louisville picked up a grad transfer yesterday in football, a guy coming from Arizona, a cornerback that actually has two years of eligibility left and will be able to play immediately. But, man, I, you know, it's, it's now really it's big time in football, too. So, uh it, really changing the dynamics of recruiting where you can go and get a proven player that's uh, two, three, four, five years older than a high school guy coming out. Uh, a big difference there, and it's a big pickup for Louisville. They've had quite a few go through the transfer portal. They had a big one, pull his name, uh, Robert Hicks out of Miami was a big-time uh, four-star recruit they got, uh, and he initially put his name in the transfer portal and has taken it out, so uh, at least there's been a little... Uh, uh, stability there, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with these rosters uh, w- because I think there's going to I think Louisville's got four or five more spots. I don't think Kentucky they've uh, they haven't had the turnover, so I don't think they're going to have nearly as many grad transfers in football. But uh, really interesting to see what's going on in, in the grad transfer, how it changes the game. And my Pacers look like they get the brooms out today at uh, Banker's Life. Uh, they're down three zero. I don't see them 
doing much. Uh, they're just uh, Kyrie has stepped it up to another level, uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next round because uh, that Brooklyn uh, 76ers series is very good. Brooklyn blew a real opportunity to level the series at 2-2 yesterday, and uh, uh, Embiid had a big game. So it's looking like 76ers are going to come out. Clearly, the Celtics are coming out, and that would be a great series there. But I don't know how anybody gets by the Bucks in the East, and uh, still looks like Golden State out West, guys. So um, that's really all I've got. Just wanted to uh, wish everybody a happy Easter and hope they uh, get to spend time with their families today. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I'll hang up and listen. Great stuff there, as always, from our man Brian the Insider. Gary Love, I will ask you. Brian mentioned uh, he had a question about the grad transfers in college basketball. What are your, your thoughts on that? Um, I like I like grad transfers. Um, you think it's good for the sport of college basketball across the board? You think it's good for ratings? You think it's good for the product that is the NCAA? I think it is because you have these kids that play four years at smaller schools that never get to realize we're playing in the NCAA tournament. So why not award these kids that have done their homework, done their schoolwork, and graduated with an extra year? Like, say – for instance, Kentucky got Nate Sestina from uh, Bucknell. Well, he was a different case because at Bucknell they don't they don't they don't have graduate transfer class graduate classes, so he couldn't go back to Bucknell. What do you mean by that? Uh, oh, they they don't have a master's program. Yeah, they okay. they they. He said he did an interview saying that he was not allowed to come back and play college basketball for Bucknell for a fifth year. They don't they don't offer that. Mm. So he had to go somewhere else. Um, but no, I mean each case is different. Um. I don't have a problem with grad transfers. I've seen they, they shot down a rule the other day that they was voting on to where if the graduate transfer you got didn't end up graduating from your school, you lost one scholarship, which I thought was a terrible idea anyways, and they shot it down. But I have no problem with grad transfers. What about you guys? No, I, I, I'm fine with it. I think uh, just tra- transfers in general and the transfer portal is kind of getting a little bit crazy in it in, is in college football. Not too far off from free agency and professional that's what, sports. That's what it is. If you see that somebody's in front of you and you won't play for two years, players are are immediately gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can. Everybody talks about their own team, so I'll talk about mine. Uh, Ohio State before spring practice, they had four quarterbacks on on the team. Now they have one. You had uh, a guy transfer in and three guys transfer out. It's just, you know, no one's really competing for starting jobs. They're just looking ahead to this upcoming year or the year after, and they're wondering how many years of playing time they're going to have. It seems like that's what it's kind of it's turning into a bit of a free agency program. Please just spare me with the Baker being homesick stuff. I mean, you give me a, you know. Yeah. Just come out and say I want to go somewhere else. I don't need to hear how you're home. You right. miss your... Your teddy bear, your mother. I well, mean, give me a break. We'll see how homesick he was when he decides where he's going next. Yeah. <laughs> if it gets closer to that, home. It, it better be close to home. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so. I'm going to be all over Twitter yeah. tormenting that guy. That yeah. poor guy. That poor guy. And he'll not hear the end of it from I, me. I'm in, the, I'm in the position where I think he just knew he wouldn't get any time. I mean, he fouled, I mean, he fouled the shooter at, at Auburn in the uh, Elite Eight. And Cal said, you're done. You're not playing again. He pulled him out of the game. So, who who knows? He may just tell you, look, you know, maybe this ain't play, Maybe this ain't for you. 
What do you guys think of the excuses? Back to Steve's team. We have the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ah, let me see if there's any. Oh, Urban Meyer. Why, why did he step down? Uh, health concerns. Oh, health concerns. Health concerns. We have one player who's homesick. Now we have a coach who, for the second time, has the biggest job in the country. One of the bigger jobs in the country and has health concerns. Hope he's all right. I do too, Keller. Okay. I think I don't think we should joke around about any anybody's <laughs> health. Well, sounds like you're very defensive about your coach. Or for, I'm sorry, what is he now? President? I think he might be like an assistant <laughs> AD. Okay, like well, I hope his health concerns don't hold him back from, from those duties. Teaching a, teaching a character character class. Yeah, I hope uh, he's all right. That's yeah. But what do y'all feel about the transfer? Do you think they should be able to play immediately or you think they should have to sit out? That's a good question. I think amateurism is a joke. Yep. So with that premise in mind, sure, let them have it real loosey-goosey like the NBA. I think you can I think you can build super teams like that. I think if you lose your coach, then yeah, maybe you should the go somewhere. Else. Yep. Like if your coach goes to another school, gets fired, that's the only why way. Why penalize the kids, make mm-hmm. them sit out. But other than that, then they shouldn't be able to transfer on a whim. You know, you right. can't play for four teams four different years. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. Sure. So. There there is something to blue. But let's cut right to it. We hope calls in today. We hear from him about every week. He loves the idea, I'm sure, of players sticking around with the same school from the beginning of their career through four years and then being done. Preferably, I bet Blue, if, if Blue was being completely honest, I, I bet he'd prefer those guys are from the state of Kentucky too, right? Yeah. He's a purist. Is that Are those days long gone? Um. Yeah, unless you're a small school. Unless you're going like Bellarmine. Butler. Okay. What about Bellarmine thinking about going to the Atlantic Sun Division One? You see that? They had meetings uh, last week about moving to D1. If they moved to D1, they I think they'd kill it. Just because, I mean, the Atlantic they? Sun's not well, Atlantic Sun's not great. Don't what they? does kill it mean? Um, well, they're going to the Elite Eight every year. In D2. They won the national championship in D2. And I just think uh, their program right now is ready for the next step. Now, say on a weeknight, I wouldn't go to L game if they're not playing – if they're playing like, I don't know, anybody other than Kentucky, I probably wouldn't go to L game. Okay. But I could go to a Bellarmine game during the week. Mm. I just think it's crazy for Louisville to be as big as they are as a city to have one Division one program. Or the – I don't know. It's just interesting. And no pro team also. That comp- right. compounds the point that you're making. Mm-hmm. Cities like Philadelphia have uh, how many Division One teams? Okay. Off the top of my head, well, I don't know, but three Saint, or four. St. Joe's, Temple. Uh, Drexel. Drexel. There's, there's plenty. Yeah. So. Huh. Obviously, Louisville is not the size of Philly. No. But it's, but it's still, I think it's the 25th biggest city in America. So. I don't know. Hmm. The only thing, the only downfall with that, I think Atlantic Sun, most of their teams are in Florida, so the other sports, I mean, basketball would absolutely have to carry that that university because you have lacrosse. All them other teams have to travel to Florida for road games, or it gets expensive. Yeah, I think Louisville could carry a, a bigger team. Maybe not, I mean, NFL, NBA, but I think I think they could handle a, a MLS MLS team. 
or you know, if Bellarmine makes a jump, I think the cities can handle something like that. Yeah. They'd have to get a bigger gym, though. I don't know. A bigger gym than what they where Bellarmine currently plays. Yes. What is it, Knights Hall? Or... Yeah, Knights Hall. Hmm. Definitively would have to get a bigger gym. Cameron isn't that big, is it? How many does Cameron hold compared to Knights Hall? I'm wanting to say about 10,000. Okay. That's not a lot compared to, let's see. No, I'll not. bring it up. Yeah. Knights Hall cannot carry that hold that much, I'm no. sure. 9,314 for Cameron Indoor. Okay. I'll bring it up here. But we also have, and we're going to get to, we've got an entire rest of the show to get to. A lot of NBA talk, really. I know, Steve, you're probably not as into it with the, the Cavaliers are not in it. I have been watching, though. I mean, okay. I've, been, I've been keeping up with it, yeah. You see the reports yesterday? The Cavs spoke with Rick Pitino. Really? Yes. I did not see those reports. Yeah. As, a, as a head coaching job or yeah. assistant coach? No, the head coach. Wow. That's insane. I think it was uh, Peter Vesey put it. Peter Vesey put it out, the report that they have been t- in talks. What do you think about that? Uh, well, a lot of these, I'm all for bringing in new guys. It seems like, you know, like the Lakers, they're looking at Lou Williams and or, uh, Tyron Lou and Monty Williams. It's These guys have had so many jobs. They just over and over again, right? Like Nate McMillan's back in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Although he's probably one of the better coaches, but... Ty Lue might be going to the Lakers. Yeah. I'm for bringing in new guys, you know, giving maybe college guys some chances, but I'm not sure about Rick Pitino. I'm, I... Knights Hall, just for the record, 2,200 capacity. Yeah. So I was I was pretty off. But still, they're not the, the, the size of a Duke basketball program, are they? No. How, how much capacity of a arena or a gym should they have? I'd say no less than 5,000. Okay. To, if they want to make the jump to D1. Yes. Okay. Yes. So no Rick Pitino to your, your Cavs. Are you a Rick Pitino fan? I am, yeah. What about everybody in the NBA telling uh, Tyron Lue and uh, Monty Williams not to take the Lakers job? Well, I think they a lot of them think that the <clears throat> the Sixers job will be open after this year because Brett yep. Brown has done kind of a poor job coach. Well, the team, Sixers but. are getting ready to win in the first round yeah. series, so yeah. they're moving on. Yeah, they still say that that coach is But, is man, they have, okay. they have some crazy talent. They should be better than what they are. Sixers, How? absolutely, yeah. yes. They're they're stacked. How good of talent do they have? Where do they rank as far as talent in the NBA? Oh, in the Eastern Conference, probably number one, for sure. Yep. Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. J.J. Redick. So I number mean, one in the NBA, I'd say in the Eastern Conference number Eastern one, Conference. but okay. they're probably, you know, the Bucks will probably be favored over them. The Celtics would probably be even favored over them. Embiid's trying to be the Dennis Rodman today because he, he he seems like he gets into it with everybody, don't he? Yeah, I mean, I th- you kind of I think that that team likes him. That city likes him a lot. Well, you kind of want a guy like that on your team. You don't want your whole team be soft. Yeah. They got into a little skirmish yesterday where Jared Dudley got ejected and Jimmy Butler got ejected. Um, I like Jared Dudley, though. I think he's pretty – Did you hear know. what Embiid said about him? Yeah, he's a nobody. He's a nobody. <laughs> so he – I don't know. I love stuff like that. And what I mean is I, I love – I love Patrick Beverly. I loved Rodman, right? Yeah. 
Ron Artest. Ron Artest, Lance Stevenson, antagonists. Right? Those are your favorite players. They are. They? Rashid. Deshaun Stevenson. Okay, sure. Speaking of Rashid, he just got a high school coaching job somewhere. Did he? Yes. Well, I mean, he should follow. Was he a teammate of Jerry Stackhouse's? Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah. He should follow his old man, Jerry Stackhouse, and just walk right into, just stroll right into a D1 coaching job with no real legitimacy to the hire. He might as well follow. I would do the same thing if I were Rashid Wallace after Jerry Stackhouse got the job at Vanderbilt. Easy as can be. Might as well just do it. Get paid a lot. I don't know. If I'm a if I'm a college team though, I'd I'd make that hire. Why not? I guess. Is it gonna hurt recruiting? Jerry Stackhouse is your head coach. Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't hurt recruiting. And my team has been garbage. We'll see how it goes. What are your predictions? Years? Vanderbilt is currently garbage. Well you know why. So he, he did get in at a very low level, right? So mm-hmm. any degree of success will be considered an uptick. Yep. And it's hard to recruit at Vanderbilt. The academic Stingy. I mean, it's it's hard to get guys in there. I mean, Ron Mercer couldn't get in there. Hmm. Um, you've got Northwestern, Vanderbilt, and Duke. Or, watch, I'd leave Duke out if they let Why? anybody in. Um, so, Vanderbilt has a uh, – are you maybe a little pre- preferential to the SEC academia school? No, I said Northwestern also. Okay. Yeah, they're – it's hard to get in them schools. So Duke is, does not have the academic standards they, as Vanderbilt. It does, they but maybe do, not but for athletes. Yeah, athletes. So why does bas- Vanderbilt the basketball team? Why does Vanderbilt then? Well, they Who decided they that? They can get those recruits. <laughs> yeah. So I don't maybe know. Maybe if they had top ten guys wanting to go there, that they'd lower their standards. But you So know. it's an option. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think he might do all right. He was a G League coach. Uh, Vanderbilt hired the AD that Vanderbilt hired was the president of the G League. So that's – that's their connection there. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. They have great martial arts programs and classes in the morning, very early morning, middle of the day, and evening, all week long for adults and children. We encourage you to check out Louisville Combat Academy. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have, of course, caller Blue is on the line with us. Blue, how are you this morning? Yeah, what you say, Kelly? Hey, uh, uh, just a, a few things I want to want to say. Starting off, you call my man Jamal Baker a sissy? <laughs> a sissy? A man that was at Kentucky for, what, two years? And the players that they interviewed two years ago, they asked who was the best shooter on the team. You know what they said? Jamal Baker. But, but getting, getting to the point, he's, he's anything but a sissy. i tell you who the real sissy is, John Calipari. I'll get to that. Uh, uh, hey, th- this man, gonna, you, you laugh. Go ahead, laugh. This, Jamal Baker stayed up two years and, and gets in the game and, and make a foul. And he, you're done. Why did you foul? You, and, and, and you got a guard there getting taken to the basket every time down court. Don't know where his behind is. And, and he's still in the game. Come on, man. That man did anything but assist. He left because he wasn't getting any playing time. He left because he wasn't being taught how, how, how to come off a screen and picks. Uh, that's coaching. Uh, John Calipari is assistant. Uh, anytime you go out and get players, the best players, quote, and, and, and they don't work, I'll go get some more, and they don't work. <laughs> no, John Calipari. Uh, uh, earn your earn your $9 million plus. Earn that, coach them now, and, and I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm an old fart, and I don't like the, the four-year system anymore. I can go along with one or two players, but get into a system. Show me you can coach. 
show the players the way through. You ain't did nothing for them players, but get money. That's all you've done. And 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 move on on to Duke. Uh, now, now Trey Jones. Now he comes back back. He's in a system. Now he's better than any any player Kentucky's guy. Why did he leave? Yeah. Crickets? Yeah, I, I thought so. Because you know what? He wants to play for a real coach, coach that's going to uh, help kids get along. Man, man Calipari praise nothing but a crap shooter, man. Don't call that man a sister. If anything, he wanted to show how, how mature he was, but not saying, I'm not getting enough playing time. He said he's homesick. That man boy from home two years ago. Two years ago, he's not homesick. Anything but that, man. Okay. He's real. All right. He's not no sissy, man. Thank you. As always, we appreciate your call, Blue. Blue touched on quite a few different things there. He didn't take too kindly to, oh, yeah, it was me uh, who called Jamal Baker a, a, a sissy for being homesick. Blue's angle is that he, yeah, he wasn't homesick. He just said that. Okay. Also, his angle maybe that Cal doesn't develop players like Certainly, he yes. should. Yeah. Yes. So he took some very heated points at one John Calipari. I know it's after March. We're in April. We're past the time when fans are normally across the country real passionate and fired up about college basketball. But that those rules don't really apply to the Kentucky fan base, Gary. What is your rebuttal? Each and every week we hear something from, from Blue. Well, and it's not always pro Calipari. What are your thoughts? The, my thoughts about Trey Jones not going leaving Duke and going to NBA because he's not very good. Mm. I mean, the guy can he, – he, he's Ashton Hagens. He can guard the ball. He can get to the basket, but he can't shoot. How many games did we see this year where they backed off of him 15 foot and dared him to shoot? Most of the year. I mean, he's Ashton Hagens. That's why Ashton Hagens, he's not even testing the water because he can't go anywhere. So, and Cal, I mean, I have issues sometimes with Cal's offense, what he runs. Um, It's kind of hard to run Baker off screens when Hero's in a game too and they're running 700 screens for him. But, so as Baker Blue said that if you asked anybody on the roster who's the best shooter on the team, they would have said Baker, not Tyler Hero. You know what? Josh Carrier was supposedly the best shooter in history in practice, and they put him in a game he couldn't hit it, the side of a barn. Okay. I mean, Mike Moore couldn't hit nothing. It little. It just. I mean, anybody can shoot with no defense on them in practice, right? But I don't know. I mean, people saying Calipari don't develop. Shea Alexander was a four-year player. Lottery pick. Mm, and he's uh, doing well. Tyler Hero was a three-year player. He's pro- he's projected number 15 in the draft. I mean. Tyler Uless. Uh, yeah. I per, mean. For our man Chris Embry. He's a four-year guy, and he left him two years and got drafted. I think it's all about your preference. It kind of seems like Duke and Kentucky are in the game of uh, getting the top talent mm-hmm. and then rebuilding each year. Uh, and. Some people think that's not the best way to build a team. Yeah. I mean, I it kind of seems like what's working right now is having one or two uh, NBA lottery picks on your team and having a bunch of other three or four-year guys on your team, right? Yeah, the but, thing is is that's easier said yeah, than done to, yeah. to make that delicate balancing act really work, right? Yeah, Because you're like, okay, we got to have two of these lottery guys. Who are those two going to be? Right. I mean, got to make sure we have those because if you don't have those, the supporting players don't mean as much, right? right? So yeah. it's easier said than done. Yeah, and and Kentucky has two top ten guys coming in uh, next year, but they have a junior Nick Richards coming back. Mm. They have Emmanuel Quickly, Ashton Hagens, uh, EJ Mark. They've got a lot of experience. Coming How good back. is Kentucky going to be next year? 
I don't know. It's it's so early. I mean, they're not even done adding to the roster yet. Steve, what does your gut say about this I don't, Kentucky I don't basketball think it's team? Be as good as this past year. No, not Elite Eight. Uh, I mean, I don't. Who's to say how far our team's going to go in the tournament? Right. I mean, who knows what kind of draw they get? How well they're playing at the end of the year? But I think just from a uh, a straight talent perspective, I mean, obviously, I don't know how. A lot of these guys are going to come in and play, but I mean, PJ Washington was coming back um, this past year. You know, he was an extremely good player. Everybody knew he was an extremely good player. A lot of these guys that are coming back this year are, are solid players, but maybe not as dominant as somebody like PJ was. Yeah, and and Kentucky, if you see Cal Perry's recruiting. He offered a 6'10 center. He's like number 50 in the class next year. So he's starting to add guys that he thinks are going to be there more than one year. Um, it it kind of seems like, yeah, like Duke and Kentucky get caught in this in this cycle. Yeah. And, you know, if you get three top 15 guys, you're going to have to get three top 15 guys the next year. Yeah, And, and, that's, I, and that's hard. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have years where it works out and years where it doesn't. Yeah, and I don't know why a lot of guys wouldn't come back this, uh, this year for because Evan Daniels did an interview next year's draft class. Uh, he said next year's draft is probably going to be the worst, one of the worst he's ever seen since he's been doing recruiting. Yeah, he said this 2019 basketball class, other than the top six or seven guys, is not very good. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I don't know. I from what I've seen, I, I just don't. I mean, if I had to guess, I don't. I don't think Kentucky's going to be as good as this uh, as this past year. It kind of seemed like leading into the season. I mean, Hero, Ashton Haggins, a lot of these guys were 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 getting talked up pretty yeah. well. Uh, Doc signaling. We need to head to a break right now. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Feel free to call in on the Louisville Combat Buzz line. We are back with Kelly Patrick. Thank you very much, Doc. Once again, the Louisville Combat Academy Buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. Steve Driver. I think uh, if Doc practiced, he could maybe, you know, he's got that deep voice which that you need for, like, movie trailers or, or just ring entrances, no, Doc, right? Yeah. Doc does. Are you, you leading toward adult films? No. Isn't it crazy that you could just have a career off being a vo- voiceover guy or Bruce Buffer? Mm-hmm. Michael Buffer. Michael no, Doc Buffer. does have that voice. How much voice. money are the Buffers oh, yeah. worth? A lot. A lot. I read Bruce Buffer's book a couple years ago. My friend Lance got me his book. I read it. Michael Buffer was famous, okay, in the 80s. For announcing, introducing boxers, let's get ready to rumble. Bruce Buffer, his brother, came along, almost acted in the capacity of maybe a lawyer. I don't think he's legal. I don't think he's not a lawyer, but he got some lawyers involved and really took it off to the next level as far as how much money they make off that. Remember that homeless guy a few years ago who had the voice? Do you guys remember this I guy? I think a little bit, yeah. Uh, but you're right. Doc, Doc has a great voice, and we appreciate Doc coming. Uh, on to the weekend sports buzz crew. Gary, what do you have? 
Uh, Michael Burf, Buffer's uh, net worth is 120 million. Wow! And wow. he gets five million every time he utters the five famous words. Now, when did he first say, "Let's get ready to rumble"? Good question. I don't. I don't I mean, remember. What's like the first time you guys remi- remember him? I remember it being associated with was it Jock Jams in the 90s? Let's get ready to rumble, and it was part of a, a song. I mean, there's multiple yeah. different uses of it, but every single time. It comes up, he gets paid. Mike Tyson punch out? Was it on there? I was gonna say it was I think it was in some video games. Yeah. I think he did what did he do? UFC and boxing um events. Br- Michael Buffer? Uh you you read his book, Kelly, so I figured you would know. Michael Buffer didn't do UFC and boxing. Well they're the same person. <laughs> no, they're not. Michael and Bruce. It's I think it's Michael Bruce Buffer. That's his no, middle. They're name. different people. Hey, what do you think what do you think Kentucky pl- uh paid him that year he came in and uh did his saying, but I think Kentucky got cheap because they put he put like let's get ready to round ball or something. Oh yeah, yeah. They didn't pay him full. Maybe that adjusts <laughs> that, the royalties. That's, that's two and a half million. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. It is. Yeah. You know, Michael Buffer is more politically on the left. Bruce Buffer is more politically on the right. Uh, Bruce actually, their father was a, a Marine, and they, there's this long story. Bruce didn't even know that Michael was his brother until they were both in their thirties, I think. And he saw him announcing on television for a boxing event. And Bruce was like, huh, he's got the same last name as me. And then he looked into it. He's like, oh, my God, that's my brother. I've got a good voice, too. We've both got the same dad. Maybe I should pursue this. And Bruce Buffer arguably is the brains behind the capital, behind the the profitability of the marketing there. But Bruce Buffer and Michael Buffer, very interesting stories and very much so tied to those combat sports that they're in. Terrence Crawford, probably the best American boxer in the world right now, right? Yep. Had a big win last night over Amir Khan. He did. And that was on um, Fox, right? Yeah, that was on Fox. Okay. Yeah. I I got to watch it, actually. I watched it this morning, but not very difficult to sit down and view it the morning after. But it ended with a nice, looked like a low blow, but... Terrence Crawford knocked Amir Khan down in the first round anyways, and he was handily beating Amir Khan. So Terrence Crawford, a legitimate, near the top of the pound-for-pound rankings across the world, along with Loma, Canelo, yep. guys like that. There. Uzik, I think, is a, a cruiserweight right now, one of the best cruiserweights ever. So there's there's some good boxing going on right now. For those of our listeners who really care, we're looking at a picture of Muhammad Ali, for those of our weekend sports buzz followers who know, we are closely tied to combat sports, right? That the line between those two is always existent. And what I mean there is a lot of the people who are in the combat sports world have no interest in what they would call sports ball or baseball, basketball, football. Yeah. And vice versa, right? And vice versa, yes. Especially more so I would say MMA is more polarizing than boxing. Very few people say, no, I, I don't like boxing at all, right? Yeah. People like Muhammad Ali at the very least. People at least have nostalgic stories about how great the heavyweight division used to be and how the, the middleweights of uh, Duran and all those guys in the 80s, how that was exciting, Sugar Ray Leonard. So we're always kind of doing a delicate balancing act Absolutely. for combat sports and traditional Sports here on the weekend, Sports Buzz. Chris Embry, any interest right now in the NBA playoffs? 
not really. I appreciate the honesty. DeMarcus Cousins has heard he's out. I predicted a couple weeks ago that he would not only stay healthy through the playoffs, he would be the NBA Finals MVP. It looks like my prediction was off. Why would you predict that? Because I was trying to go out on a limb, Steve. I was they trying have, to make that limb Durant broke. and Steph Curry. I think I think going out on going out on a limb would have been like Clay Thompson. <laughs> Andre Iguodala won it one year. He did. Okay, yeah, so guard. please, <laughs> who's more talented, Andre Iguodala or Demarcus Cous- or Demarcus Cousins, yeah. Steve? I just don't think Demarcus Cousins gets enough shots on that team to be the MVP. Yeah, and he hey he might have trouble coming back too because that Achilles injury not too many players coming back from Achilles injuries now it's a quad how old is DeMarcus now he needs Cousins? a new contract right yeah he he, he you know he, he gambled this he year he gambled this right? year yeah same with I mean you look at Isaiah Thomas gosh he got killed on some contract stuff he bet on himself and then had that hip injury and went from the Cavs to the Nuggets or Cavs to the Lakers to the Nuggets yeah I mean he lost a hundred million dollars in that. Well, the good know? thing is they they said Demarcus Cousins the tear wasn't bad enough to where he needs surgery. Yeah. So he, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to sign a good contract somewhere For because sure. I mean he's going into his tenth year next year. Thank you to to Doc Parks who told me Demarcus Cousins is 29 years old, same age as Doc is. Okay, there is a set to tie our conversation from earlier with the grad transfer rules in college to the free agency in the NBA. There's always a sense of Almost karma among the fan bases. And what I mean there is this. LeBron James made the announcement. Everybody hated his announcement. Everybody's like, what a piece of garbage, right? When he went to Miami? Yep. Okay. And then again when he left Cleveland. Very polarizing to up and leave. Well, okay. er, yeah, even leaving Miami. Exactly, yes. Okay. Kevin Durant was with the <laughs> the Thunder and yep. got beat by the Warriors. They were up 3-1. They were up 3-1. They were up 3-1. Again? 3-1. They were up 3-1. And then Kevin Durant announced, well, they beat me. I'm going to leave this team. I'm going to go to the team that just knocked me out. Okay? So, he did that. Everybody's like, oh, my God, I would never do that. I would never do that. I would stick with my team, put their banging their fist on the table. Now there's a sense of karma, I think, among the fans. You follow me here? People are like, okay, Kevin Durant, you're getting pissed at these reporters now. Well, you deserve that. I think there's something in the back of Kevin Durant's mind and at the forefront of the fans' mind where he can win as many MVP, uh, as many finals MVPs as he wants with the Warriors. But at the end of the day, I think people will say, you haven't done it on your own. You left the Thunder, who, who you know, you were up 3-1 against the 73-win Golden State Warriors. They were up 3-1. They were up 3-1. Against the 73-win Golden State Warriors. How many times should we say that? Because I'll never forget it in all seriousness, Gary. Yeah. Right? Would you do that? No. And the Warriors won 73 games that year. 73-9. Yeah. So then, the best record in the history of the NBA. Yep. Regular season. You lose to them. You go to that team. You dominate. I mean, he dominates, right? Oh, he's really good. But I think... I think after this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he took off. I, I think he knows he has to prove that he's... Prove what, though? Would start from scratch? If he really wants to prove it, go to the Grizzlies. Or Right? If but you really want to prove, time, you can't really rewrite everything and be like, well, I'm going to do it organically now. Or the Can Knicks. You? The Knicks have been yeah, a terrible franchise. And do it. Yeah. But, but I mean, is that a good move for well, him, though? Everybody's saying this is probably where he's going to end up at. Look at, um, you know, if you look at... 
Dirk Nowitzki. Is his one championship greater than if Durant wins five in Golden State? People just respect it more. I think mm. I think Durant hears a lot of the noise. I mean, he had burner accounts, Kelly. And <laughs> he cares what fans say. That's your favorite Kevin Durant story, right? The burner account thing that he basically came out and acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I would have <laughs> I would have what about that Oklahoma City team? Wow. With Harden. Yeah. With oh, in hindsight. Yeah. Abaka, Harden, Westbrook, Durant. How they didn't win with that team. And are, you know, Harden's probably the best player in the league right now. Has the Have the Jets kind of cooled on Westbrook being so great? I don't know, man. Uh, he averaged a triple-double this year. Yeah. No, I think he's still I, I think maybe it's it shifted at first to where he was overhyped. And now maybe, I don't know, maybe he's underrated now. You know, I think I'm sitting here looking at DeMarcus Cousins' stats. He played 30 games this year when he got back from injury. He's 30 stars. He still averaged 16 points and almost nine rebounds a game. So somebody's going to give him a contract, but he's just not going to get a max deal because of his injuries. Yeah, he might have one of these bad, you know, terrible teams give him money. We always see NBA teams do stupid things. Yep. I'll tell you somebody who made money this year is uh, Julius Randle. Mm. I mean, he's, he's averaged, I think, over the last two months, 21 points and like 12 rebounds a game. And the Lakers gave him away. They did give him away. They should have kept him. Everybody was so high on the Nets. The NBA playoffs is such a long process. Uh, if I just could take snapshots of people's quotes from one day to the next. My son, yeah. Johnny, told me that the Clippers were going to beat the Warriors the other day. Okay? So I tweeted about it so I wouldn't forget, of course. <laughs> want to be able to hold this over his head for the rest of his life but everybody was so high on the nets well it looks like the sixers are moving out of the first round they're up 3-1 on tuesday they have game five they're probably going to win that series and move on brett brown everybody's saying is going to get fired well sixers could still easily make it to the finals who's going to come out of the east somebody has to yeah I'd say the Celtics right now. Uh, okay. See, I think the most talented team is probably the Bucks. I think Giannis is probably – it's either him or Harden for MVP. But I think there's something about the Celtics that come playoff time, you know, when it comes coaching and Kyrie's been there before. It'd be tough for me to t- – uh, you know that's that's a tough series. I'm not I'm not sure who's going to win that. Now, does Billy Donovan keep his job if the Thunder gets put out in the first round again? I'm not sure. I like that there, question. There's something wrong with Paul George. He's he's injured bad. Yeah. I think yeah. he's he he's got some kind of shoulder is, issue. But I was going to say about Giannis. He's basically aver- he averages like Shaq numbers. He mm-hmm. averages 28 and 14 in six assists with more assists. In like 32 minutes a game, it's unbelievable. 28 and 14, and he dunked all over Thon Maker the other day so bad. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's basically Shaq. <laughs> I think I compared somewhat LeBron to Shaq a couple yeah. years ago here on the air. Giannis is him. You remember how you remember how seven s- feet tall? He's surrounded by shooters. 28 and 14, but obviously That's Shaq's he has numbers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he, he impacts the game in a very efficient way. Yeah, I mean, you remember how small he was when he got in the league? I mean, he's Jack now. Who? Uh, well, Andy grew like five inches yeah. after he got drafted. It's crazy. Five. I think it was three to five inches after five. he was drafted. Yes. Game, yes, Kelly. Game four of the Pacers and Celtics. 
I'm sorry, game five would be on Wednesday. Let's see. We're, game four is actually, we got today it one today, o'clock. today, one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be the Celtics sweeping the Pacers, the hometown team for 96 1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X. We'll see it today. You can listen to it at one o'clock on the radio here, or you can watch it on ABC. Boston is favored by just three points today. How good's Kyrie Irving? Generationally, if we're talking about the best players of this generation, where does Kyrie rank? He's my son's favorite player. If you player. look at his stats this year, he had, he had un- unbelievable stats. He'll probably be second or third team All-NBA. But he he, I think he's doing better now, but he kind of tore this team apart throughout the season. Yeah, A well, lot of his locker room. Chemistry and, issues. Yeah, yeah. Chemistry issues. I think they're doing better now, but a lot of that is due to him. Everybody knows it was due to him. Kelly, you're you're a lifelong Pacers fan, right? I am, just due to proximity. I've watched him play. I was a fan of, you know, Mark Jackson, Who's Chris Mullins. Who's your Mullen. favorite Pacer of all time? <sighs> Brad Miller? I did like Brad Miller out of Purdue. I'd say Mark Jackson or Reggie Miller. Yeah. Go with a couple, in my mind, old schoolers, right? I like Rick Smiths. I like Derek McKee, how he played on defense. I like Derek McKee would be my guy for the Pacers. Also the Davis brothers. How Jack was Antonio Davis? He was yeah. huge. You trying he? to say he was juicing? Dale Davis? No. I'm Dale not. Davis too. Yeah. They're both jacked. jacked. Yeah. What are you trying to say, Steve? They're juicing? I don't know, man. I, who knows with the NBA? Or I'm the NFL. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I've been to two Pacers games my entire life. And okay. I used to see players for other teams play. That's fair. One of them was uh, I went to see Larry Bird play, and he sat out with a bad back. And then I went to see Shaq play, and he sat out too. So I was like, forget it. I'm not going again. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I saw Michael Jordan play in Indianapolis, yeah. and I saw Shaq play in Indianapolis uh, in 92, I think 92 or 93 when he was with the, the Magic. Yeah. Yep. So I – also did that, so I'm on board with you there. Mm-hmm. I saw Dwayne Wade and and the Miami Heat play there. Alonzo Mourning. Who else was on that team? That's bro? the thing about the NBA. If the NBA were to come to Louisville, it's not just we have a chance at having a champion here. Yeah, it's like you get a chance at seeing the best basketball player West in the world. Anybody else? LeBron. Anybody in the NBA you want to see, you get to see them play. And you can and an NBA team can do well here if you put a couple guys from Louisville on the team, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Kentucky on the team. People would just come out just to see their former players. We love basketball around here. I have gotten into MMA and boxing a lot in recent years. But, you know, yesterday I went to my son's basketball. I love basketball. You're not really a fan here locally if you don't at your core. Am I wrong? Yep. You got to love basketball or you just don't fit in. Am I wrong? No. And Louisville and Kentucky have enough NBA players to really – you could put somebody in Louisville. I mean, how good has Montrezl Harrell become, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and Donovan Mitchell, they become superstars. Yep. And, and we all know Kentucky has has great great players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Louisville's got you – know, Rozier kind of took a step back this year, but yeah, I think he's good. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely – Fill the seats with players like that. Absolutely. Like I said, though, I think an MLS team would be very su- successful here. Yeah. I think the MLS is expanding too. But they are, the and Louisville wouldn't chosen to be. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Maybe it was just too 
they were too late in the game. Yep. You know. Um. We will be back with the second hour of the weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to the second hour of the Weekend Sports Buzz, sponsored by the Louisville Combat Academy. Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. They are located at 10105 Dixie Highway, and they produce a great stable of MMA fighters. I would know. I fought two of them. Thank you very much for that intro there, Doc. Great stuff. As Steve said earlier... Doc has the voice of... Al Green. Can't put my finger on it. What is it? Uh, the the third Ill, illegitimate buffer. The, <laughs> the, um, the brother to Bruce and Michael. Okay. Okay. Doc Parks with the very impressive intro. In the second hour, we've got a lot of things I want to get to. As Doc mentioned, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. One of the things we haven't really touched on as much as I'd like to, I think Brian did in his call during the first hour, yeah. is Tiger Woods won the Masters this past Sunday. Shortly after we got off the air, for those of our fans or listeners who were able to sit down and watch it and almost really bask in that nostalgic feel of Tiger Woods winning, Sunday Tiger, people across the country who are not necessarily golf fans, but people who love Tiger. For some reason, people love Tiger. My man Brendan Schaub on the Fighter and the Kid podcast, I listened to from this past week, pointed out everybody across the country is on board with Tiger Woods winning the Masters. And this feel-good story, he had such a low point, and then he came, he rose from the ashes, and now he's back and everything's okay. Everybody's on board the Tiger train, except females. Natural, right? Why? What do you mean, why? Why he's, elaborate? He's, he, he had a terrible personal life. He, he cheated on his wife with about 12 different waitresses, right? Is that what the number was, 12? I thought it was more than that. So, What I was mean, the number, Chris? I'm not sure, but <laughs> I, I know uh, he was getting around. <laughs> do women, honestly, are they not as happy for Tiger as men yeah, are? Yeah, I think... Uh, Men are, e- e- men are able to forgive and be like, well, he had a, sure, he, he messed around a little bit, but we can move past that. Yay, go Tiger! <laughs> I think a lot of times men just look at sports as, you know, just the, the physical feat of, okay. of, you know, competing. And women want to know more about the guy. How is he a good person? Is he a good family man? You know, does he is he married? Is he nice? Right? We've got five males in studio with us this morning. 
Doc, just give me a nod. Are you happy for Tiger? Or, or give me a... He said he doesn't care. Okay, so Doc is neutral on it. Chris, are you happy for Tiger? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Gary, are you happy for Tiger Woods? Yes. Steve, are you happy for Tiger Woods? I will say he was he was the only reason I was watching. I was glued to the TV. I watched, I'd say, some of every single day, every oh. four days of the Masters I watched when he was in contention. If he was completely out of contention, I probably wouldn't have, have watched, but maybe some of Sunday. Okay. So am I happy for him? Like, I, I thought it was exciting. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, okay. as a sports figure, yeah. I mean, who are we to be morality police? It's uh, okay. The doors are shut here, guys. Your wives are not listening. Open up. <laughs> I mean, just look, and they listed all the injuries he went through. Yeah, he had three back surgeries. Okay. I Did, mean, didn't he get hit with like a baseball bat? Didn't I don't know. I didn't hear about that. Did someone attack him with a golf club? Golf club, that's what Oh, I'm that's right. Yeah, that did happen. Okay. He was addicted to uh, prescription pain medication. I think he got a DUI. Par- he got a DUI Parkins, yeah. waitress. Yeah. He, he was romantically linked to many different women. What Not makes, all the classiest of, of the women. What makes you go into a Parkins when you're worth half a billion dollars? Good question. He was just determined to, right? He, he was determined to primarily kind of act out on his his uh, inner desires. He wanted to prove his masculinity almost or something inside of him to dive even deeper psychologically into it. I mean, he, he can't look back and be like, well, I sure am proud of all that, right? Yeah. I didn't even know there was even Perkins still around. People like people. <laughs> well, this was eleven years ago. <laughs> still, yeah. people like a good redemption story. You, you know, even if you know his kids were there and what. Well, but I'm not mad at. I'm not mad that women don't like him. I mean, I understand why they don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Same with Rick Pitino or he Donald Trump. Be, yeah, he may not be a great personal. You know, not the best husband. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if we're gonna. Doc held up, uh, you know, had a question. Who's the better man, uh, Tiger Woods or one Daryl Ray? You know, I don't know. Daryl Ray we had on, let me break some stuff over his arms. But we don't know about Daryl Ray being a horrible husband, you know. No, you don't know. He may be a great husband, so maybe some of the female contingency may be behind Daryl Ray. Well, okay, what about George Clooney or Derek Jeter? They were single. They, They maintained that bachelor lifestyle. But they never had the facade of a marriage. Mm-hmm. So do women, are they understandable? If you, As long as when you're married, you're faithful, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say so, right? Nobody hates Derek. Women across the country do not hate Derek Jeter. Yeah. Because he wasn't making a joke out of a marriage. I think A-Rod was in the same similar situation, wasn't he? Didn't he kind of get around a little bit? and So... I don't know. You're on the road all the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of athletes have infidelity issues. It's not always blown up into our faces where we know specifically about it. Was it Tony Parker of the Spurs who was romantically linked to, I think, Brent Berry's wife? Yes, and they were teammates. Yes. I mean, awful story. So I, I hate to focus so much on the fidelity or infidelity of a man when we're a sports show but admittedly people across the country are happy for tiger woods right now whereas some people will never forget about his infidelity his 
track record of documented track record of infidelity in his marriage. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have Marcus on the line with us. Marcus, how are you this morning? Well, I've been sick all week, Kelly. I've been sick all week. Oh, sorry to hear that. Got one of those bad spring colds, but I did want to call in when you were talking about Tiger Woods because last Sunday I was out goofing around doing some stuff and came in, just randomly turned on the television, and I felt like it was 1996 again. Is that a good uh, thing? Most of you guys probably aren't even old enough to remember 1996, but I came home from doing something. I guess I'm sure it was on a Sunday because it was the Masters in 96, probably doing some nonsensical family thing. And uh, there he was, you know, this kid that everybody talked about that I've never seen because golf is a joke to me. But to watch him that day, when I don't even know how old he was that day, but I feel like he was like 20 or 21 years old or something. And to watch him go through and win the Masters in 1996, and then, you know, 20-some years later, to just randomly go in and turn on the television, and there he is on the final hole, you know, getting ready to lock up the Masters. That, that was pretty awesome, I have to say. Okay, so you are happy for Tiger Woods. You're on board the Tiger Woods train and uh, get to enjoy some of that nostalgic feel. He's 43 years old. I believe Jack Nicholas won a major at the age of 45. So do you think Tiger Woods, he, he has resurrected his career and he's going to go back to the old Tiger and win some more majors, Marcus? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I just, I, I don't know enough about golf. I just, I, I've never heard of a golfer being fantastic when he was young and then physically falling apart, not to mention being assaulted with a golf club, uh, making a comeback, and then turning back into the dominant player. I mean, Nicholas and Woods obviously have to be the guys who were the most dominant for stretches in their career. But, you know, I, Nicholas may have come back and, and won a tournament in his mid-40s, but how many did he actually win in his 40s? Just the one, right? You know, I don't know. I'll, I'll plead ignorance as you did, Marcus, as to golf is not my primary sport, but he did win at the age of 45. We'll see. Tiger, regardless, the comeback, I'm looking at a picture of Muhammad Ali. Now, Muhammad Ali's not famous for just being the heavyweight champion of the world. He was the heavyweight champion of the world, knocked out Sonny Liston. Then he lost his heavyweight championship for a couple on a couple different occasions for a couple different reasons, but bounced back, came back. You know, he made that career comeback. Michael Jordan, we all hold him with such high esteem. He retired. He won a three-peat. He retired, and then he came back and won another three-peat. Okay, so I do believe there's a special play, place in our hearts for uh, a sporting figure, Marcus, who reaches the highest level, falters, falls, and then comes back. Well, I agree, but let's be honest about Tiger Woods. One of the reasons why it seems like he's making a comeback as far as people liking him and stuff like that is because most of his public persona was created by an ad agency, and the whole thing was a complete lie. Buick commercials, 
teaching kids how to play golf and all that nonsense. That wasn't him at all. From the very beginning, Tiger Woods should have worn a pointed goatee and lived in Las Vegas in a brothel because that's the kind of guy he is, right? They should have been taking pictures of him with 14 Playboy Playmates naked and putting him on the front of Golf Digest every month, okay? He's a jackass. That's okay. But people were so disappointed in him. He cheated on his wife. Who cares? Of course he cheated on his wife. He never should have gotten married in the first place, right? Oh, he married a hot model from Norway or whoever. Great. He was probably screwing three more every weekend. That's the kind of guy he is. If, if he had pushed his own persona, maybe he would have, wouldn't have gotten, you know, endorsement contracts from Buick. But I feel like he could have gotten a, an endorsement contract from, I don't know, Ferrari or somebody. The, the angry people. Because that's what he is. Okay. Sounds like an accurate depiction of Tiger Woods from, of course, Marcus. In all seriousness, Marcus, I agree with you. Tiger Woods probably should have never gotten married. You did say that. So he should have almost taken a, a, a page from the Derek Jeter or George Clooney book and played up the bachelor lifestyle from day one. Would it have been as lucrative for him? Maybe not. Well, I mean, George Clooney, what a disappointment. All those years of being the, the male role model, and then he caves in and marries some human rights lawyer. <laughs> you know, God, have mercy. Well, Marcus, as always, we appreciate your call. Before we let you go, anything else you'd like to chime in on? Yeah, I think uh, one of your uh, 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 co-workers there in the, in the studio had something, um, a message from his wife or girlfriend that they wanted to, re to relay to me, and I, I thought they might want to relay that on the air. Okay. Chris, can we switch the headset over to Doc? Because our producer, Doc Parks, yeah. I believe has a message for Marcus, or at least, you know, an explanation is due. Doc, uh, Marcus asked about a message from, I think, your girlfriend or is, you know, your girlfriend. Yes. Sure. She's been doing jujitsu recently. She knows how to shrimp. And she believes, after listening to some of the things Marcus has said, she believes in a jujitsu match. Sub only. Submission only. Submission only. Please no fancy acronyms, Doc. <laughs> submission only. That means no punching. Marcus, that means no punching, no kicking, no knees, no elbows. But Specifically, who can make the other person say uncle? called uh, tapping in jiu-jitsu, but Marcus, say uncle. She believes she can beat you. Well, do I get to study jiu-jitsu before this, or do I just go into the match and she jumps on me and kicks my ass and puts me in a submission hole? She's going to catch you outside of Kroger is what she says. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me ask you this. How big is she? Is she a big girl? Oh, no. She's uh 260. Yeah. <laughs> 120. Oh, well, no. I don't think that's ever going to happen. It's not that I don't respect martial arts, uh, because I do uh, in general. I always hated martial arts guys uh, because they tend to be small and very annoying. Uh, and yeah, I wasn't always the, the monstrously fat jackass that I am now. Uh, I did fight Golden Gloves in Los Angeles. So if we're, if, you know, if it's just 
person against person, I mean, I haven't done anything. I haven't even done Krav Maga in how long is it, Kelly? It's been years, right? Like 10 years. Yes. Or eight years since I last did Krav Maga. But here's one rule that I learned uh, against a martial arts guy when I was in college. There's something to be said for size, right? If you can't hold me, you can't submit me. So I think that's unlikely. Is it possible? Yes, it certainly is, right? Especially if she wants to be like both women and be a little cheater and run up behind me when I'm not looking. Because let's be honest, how else is a woman going to win a fight? (laughs) Okay. Well, Marcus, we appreciate your rebuttal. We will have more to this in the future. Doc, thank you very much. Marcus, as always, we appreciate your call. Have a great rest of your weekend. We will be off the air. Just so you know, we will not be here for next weekend for the Weekend Sports Buzz. But in two weeks from today, we look forward to hearing back from you, Marcus. Thank you very much. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. Okay. Good stuff there from our caller, Marcus. For some reason, he seems to rub... The female listeners that we do have, he seems to rub them the wrong way. I don't get it. You don't. You don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Enough that they want to fight him. I don't get it. Yeah. Steve, Gary, what? I mean, what? Well, what? He had a reasonable answer though. Once. He actually did sound pretty good with his rebuttal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did say that. How else is a woman going to win a fight from other than running up and cheating? He called women cheaters. <laughs> He did call. Let's not look uh, past that. He uh, did call women cheaters. Very opinionated. Very which opinionated. That's good. Makes for a good weekend sports buzz, sports radio caller. Absolutely. Okay. So the Tiger Woods story, I mentioned the Brennan Schaub, re- Brennan Schaub reference where he said, everybody's happy for Tiger and his rise back from the ashes to glory, except for women. We can move past that. We all kind of agree women are not really on board with a guy who... Now, if there's an arrangement where maybe you have an open marriage or something like that, that's different. Maybe. But when his wife, Elin Nordegren, I believe, when she caught him cheating and she attacked him with a golf club, it was very clear that he was very dishonest to her, right? Yep. So maybe that agreement cannot be looked past from women. Is that right? You know, I, I never knew that you knew how to uh, pronounce her name, first and last. Okay. Show prep. Well, you know, I'm a professional, Steve. You, you seem to know a lot about her. Well, you know, hey, maybe I've been romantically linked to her. Maybe I haven't. I was just looking at these numbers from Tiger last year's Masters. He was ranked 760th in the world. Wow. And after Sunday's Masters, he's ranked number six. Okay. He's back. He's back. Is he going to be back to his – I think he now has 14 majors. 15, I think, isn't it? Is it 15 now? Yeah, I think he's three behind. I'll I'll, I'll bring it up here. And and Jack has 18. Mm -hmm. So, we, you know, will he make it to 18? I'd say the the good – the smart money still says no. Yeah, I agree with you there. How many years – His competition's more difficult, too. Oh, yeah. He himself alone changed golf – Forever. Now yeah. you have like Brooks Kepka and Rory McElroy and all these guys that are just jacked. Jason Day. Yeah, these yeah. guys that are just huge that can mm-hmm. drive it so far. You know, Ty- Tiger used to be able to um, outdrive everybody. He does have 15 now, majors wins, Gary. You're right. Yeah. 15 to Jack's 18. How many more years does he have left before he goes to the senior tour? What's, what, what age is the senior tour? 50 or 55? 
I think you can still compete in the you the, the actual yeah. Masters. Who was it? Uh, I forget the name. There's a guy who's competing, even though he was 65 recently in the the Masters in recent years. I forget his yeah. name. Uh, our man Brian, the insider, if he were listening, I'm sure he could call yeah. back in and and fill us in. But they can they can move to the the seniors tour at some point. Yeah, but I mean, being in your say mid 50s, I mean, your drive's gone. I mean, there's no way you can win it. I wouldn't think. What Tiger Woods did as far as impacting the sport of golf for so many people across the country, Steve, as you alluded to, cannot really be put into specific numbers. I don't know that it can be quantified. I would draw a parallel and say what Mike Tyson did for boxing in the 80s and 90s as far as his rise to being the heavyweight champion coinciding with the advent of HBO pay-per-view and everybody being able to watch and ESPN and all these prolific, spectacular ways of watching these knockouts, I would compare that to what Tiger Woods did. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, he just changed golf forever. I think you could also make a a correlation to ways Steph Curry kind of changed the NBA. Everybody shooting, every team is shooting 40 three-pointers a game now and maybe you could look at the numbers before Stephen Clay um you know it probably wasn't even close to that I think he helped the marketing for the golf as far as like the sponsorships he's a minority okay right there it's an old white man's game and he's a minority so right there the fact that he was the best in the sport almost by default he kind of took on the role and he's actually a friend of Trump's. So, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's polarizing in a lot of different directions. I don't know that he's quite embraced the I'm a black guy role as, as much as some people would ask him to, right? But he is. He's a minority in a game that's an old white man's sport. Who else can you think of who's a significant figure in the world of golf? Vijay Singh from Fiji. Michelle Wee. Yeah, I mean. Not many. No. And golf's not my primary sport, so I don't, you know, there's probably more that I'm not thinking of. Yeah, there's a lot of European players, but, you know, not many African-American or African in general playing, right? So as far as the sporting world goes right now, Gary, you had some updates with us earlier for college basketball and the Kentucky roster turnover. Recruiting. Uh, Blue called in, took some shots at Cal. Mm-hmm. That's always in season. But right now, the casual sports fan across the country is engaged probably in Major League Baseball and the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Warriors are probably going to repeat. I'd, I'd be willing to place a bet with you. That what? That the Rockets um, are going to beat them. And not, and not that... I completely think 100% that the Rockets are going to beat the Warriors, but to maybe prove my point that the Rockets have a better chance than than you are giving them. I think you're giving them zero chance. To I'm beat giving them. them zero chance. Zero chance. Zero. So they play next round. How many games will the Rockets win? Three. Two. Three. So, so not a zero percent. I mean, yeah. if it goes no, 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 seven, zero. Zero of winning the series. Zero of winning the series. Zero. Gary, what percent chance do you give the Rockets of, of of winning the series? It's seven games. This is a 
marathon. Not to be too generic, but it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I mean, the NBA playoffs, say what you will about it. They find out who the best teams are. People don't understand how big a loss DeMarcus Cousins is to the Warriors. I mean, they got, when I got what, Andrew Bogut. But if you can have any kind of inside game, you can take advantage of the Warriors. So I'd say probably Rockets could – they've let me down so many times. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I'd say probably about a 30% chance. 30% mm-hmm. chance of winning. Okay. Mm-hmm. What percent do you put it at, Steve? Uh, 30 is pretty close. I'd say 30, 40. Um, I think they – But they're not going to – okay, all that's cute, but they're not going to actually win the series. <laughs> that's my point. Yeah, they'll mess with it, and at certain points people will be like, oh, my goodness. <gasps> but Okay. But they're not going to actually win the series. Kind of like I said to my son the other day after Patrick Beverly shut down Kevin Durant. And everybody on ESPN and the talking heads was like, oh my goodness, look at this. Woo! Okay, that's cute. It is. And I'm all for it. That doesn't mean they're going to win the series, Steve. Yeah. They just hit so many threes. (laughs) I mean, they got, what, three guys on team shoot over 40%? Egoless guys. Egoless. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. I know that sounds silly to say, and everybody has an ego deep down, so, I mean, your definition of the word ego is subjective. Maybe your ego is tied to your team winning. That's okay. It it appears on the court that Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, they can have an off day, and then they keep moving the ball, and then one of them goes off for 40. Right? It's amazing. The Warriors are amazing. I'm not... The biggest Warriors fan ever. Steve, right? Yep. Uh, we've been on the air here basically through the Warriors' entire run. And I, from day one, I don't like the Warriors. I don't. I don't like how they shoot from half court. I don't like – the purest in me does not like the Warriors. i tell you somebody I don't think is going to be on that team next year. Draymond Green. Okay. I think a lot of, a lot of them guys are tired of his antics. I mean, you've even seen – they've got a uh, – thing where Steve uh Steve Kerr. Yeah, you know, Steve Kerr said uh he he mimicked I'm tired of his crap. So I just I just think they've got a little bit of rift in, in that team. I think they decided this year to do one more go around. Yeah, it depends on what you know, if Durant leaves, they'll probably re- keep Draymond. If Durant stays, he's probably gone, right? Yeah. I don't think those guys like each other very much. Remember last year, if Chris Paul did not get hurt, it's believed, almost conventional wisdom, that I'm not saying the the Rockets would have knocked the Warriors off, but they would have had a much better chance of knocking the Warriors off. They were up 3-2, right? The Rockets were up 3-2. Yes. Chris Paul, Paul you're right. But still, they didn't beat him. So even if if (laughs) Paul was healthy... There was no chance that the Rockets were going to win that series. They all I'm saying is they didn't beat them, and they won't beat them this year. Okay, that's but, all I'm saying. So you a hundred percent likelihood. hundred percent likelihood. No one's going to beat the Warriors this sure. year. Yeah. Now, I mean, how how many years have you said this for? Did you was there a no? I was on here saying that the Cavs were going to win it the year that LeBron that they came back and beat them. The year that the the so war- the one year that the Warriors lost. No, that's the no, year that you called. No, no, no. The next year I said the Cavs were going to win it too, even though Kevin Durant went there. And I was wrong. I was. You were on the air with me. But this one, they're just too good now. I'm just saying they're not going to lose. That's all well, I'm saying. That's fair. <laughs> the Warriors are going to win it all. And it takes a little bit of the excitement out of it. Now, looking at the box score from the last game for the Rockets, they're up 3-0 on the, the Jazz. 
Chris Paul played 33 minutes. He had 18 points, four rebounds, four assists. You know, not a most spectacular game in the world. James Harden, 39 minutes, 22 points, 10 assists, four rebounds. Chris Paul just has to stay healthy if they want a chance, right? I hope they he win. He has, like, nagging injuries every single year. Now, maybe it'll benefit the Rockets that they, they're going to play them in the second round instead of the third round. You know, okay. Maybe Paul... And stay healthy. I hope the Rockets win. I really do. Yeah. I like the Antonio. The Rockets have a better bench. I mean, they have people that have embraced the roles better than. What about Kenneth? Tying a, a local guy to it, Kenneth Fareed is on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's the number one lo- guy with a local tie still active? Not DeMarcus Cousins, still active in the playoffs who will play a prominent role? Eric Bledsoe. Okay. Yeah, if the Clippers weren't playing, the Warriors. Montrezl Harrell would be up there. Yeah. I mean, but the Clippers are going to be out. The Jazz are going to be out. The Bucks will still um, be in it. Last game, the Rockets won 104-101. to So they didn't blow the Jazz out, but they're up 3-0 now. That's yeah. what the NBA playoffs does. It's like, they almost won. Okay, well, they didn't. Now they're down oh, you know, 3-0. to So they're not going to win. But Donovan Mitchell did have a nice stat line. Mm-hmm. You see that? 34 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and 42 minutes yeah, of play. Yeah, need, he needs some help. They hit, It's him and Rudy Gobert on defense, and that's about it. I mean, he's got to jack up too many shots to even keep them close. I, I, I wish there was more parity. You said you wanted to place a bet with me that the Rockets will beat the, the Warriors, didn't you? Sure, I mean... Let's yeah, shake on it. It's fun. Let's well, shake on it, Steve. What's the bet, Kelly? I don't know. You think they're going to win, right? That's what it must be. Yeah, it's not that. Okay. I think I'll place a bet with you that the Rockets will not win three games in this series, this mm-hmm. next series. They'll win less than three games. It's illegal for us to place a wager is, of yeah. money on the air. However, that makes me want to do it. <laughs> And test the waters to see if there's going to be any enforcement. You too, right, Steve? Do you know what the enforcement is? I don't know. I'm just going into this blind. I say we do it though. Who cares? Let's place a ten dollar bet. It's not our station. Let's shake ten dollars. I think I think it's a uh, a one day ban from the radio, and I think we're off next week. Go ahead and take it. (laughs) No, so I I think the the Warriors are going to win it all. Is it exciting? You know, we'll look back on this and say, I'm sure there's people, purists, who love the 86 Celtics, considered to be one of the best teams ever, who watched Michael Jordan lead teams, the Bulls, right, and was poking holes in it, kind of like the grouchy old man that I am now, right? There had to be people like that who didn't like Jordan. I was a kid. I was born in 83. I was 13, I guess, in 96 or whatever, 12, and... I was all on board with the Michael Jordan three-peat and then the repeat of the three-peat. I was. Somehow this Warriors team just isn't as likable to me, though, yeah. as, as that, that Jordan dynasty. What if what if Durant didn't go there and they, they were winning? I'd be titles. more prone to getting behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They do move the ball well. They actually play basketball beautifully. Right, Gary? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm different than you. I like Durant. I don't, okay. like, I don't like Steph Curry. Okay. What about Steph Curry rubs you the wrong way? He's too good. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just, I've never liked I didn't even like him when he played at Davidson. You didn't? No. Oh, he seemed a little arrogant? Yeah. I don't know. 
What about Draymond Green? He's he's fine. I mean, I, I liked him at Michigan State. He one time committed to UK until Tubby left, but he played four years. Is he the last remnant of a guy who's going to play four years and then really be impactful in the NBA? Maybe. Who's another example? I don't know. But... As far as prolific NBA players. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't expected to be. He wasn't a lottery pick or anything. No. In, in, in large part, he went into a good situation. Yep. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Because they don't need yeah, him right to Right around the time that the game was changing and you didn't need a huge center, right? You needed a small ball center. He could do all the right things. Good passer, good rebounder. Yep. Feisty on defense. Decent defender, yeah. Yep. Who do we credit the – is it Don Nelson? Because there's some upper – you know, the the cycles that go across the NFL and the NBA. Don Nelson is one of the guys, what, run TMC or whatever it was, the Warriors team that he put together. Mitch Richmond, Tim Hardaway, and Chris Mullen. Yep. But in the modern incarnation of that, Don Nelson – did actually have something to do with behind the scenes and maybe his son Donnie or whoever it was, but somebody deserves credit for some of this shift yeah. in what's going on in the NBA. Yeah. The, I, mean, I don't know that we can credit it with one specific person, the but Steph Curry. Up, um, the Suns and Steve Nash had all those shooters around them, Channing Frye. So Mike D'Antoni. That's kind of what yeah, I'm. Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was pretty much the pioneer, I think. Mm hmm. And then um, the Orlando Magic, when they went to the finals with uh, Dwight Howard, I mean, they shot so many threes. Hito Turkaloo, Jameer Nelson. Wow, okay, that's an interesting one. Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, people forget about that one. I don't forget that Stan Van Gundy looks like Ron Jeremy. I'll tell you that. I don't forget that part. They probably didn't play as fast. I'd probably go more with uh, D'Antoni, Suns, because they had like a stipulation you shot within – um, the first eight seconds of the shot clock. When Steve Nash won, he won two MVPs, I yep. think. Mm-hmm. What they were doing, they didn't win at all. So, in hindsight, what did it amount to? Yeah. But what they did was Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, even Leandro Barbosa, Steve Nash, those guys, they really had some special, yep. some special basketball going as far as passing the ball and playing You'd say, really, as much as I'm a grouchy old man now, they play the right way, right? I don't know that they play the right way as far as focusing on defense, <laughs> right? So if you're a purist, really, you want a team that'll really buckle down on defense, too. Yep. But they passed the ball, and they, they ran, and they were self, you know, not, not a selfish team. Right. Do you remember that game that uh, Robert Ory hip-checked Steve Nash into the uh, scores table? It was a really hard foul, and then a lot of all the Suns players came off the bench. Yep. Then they all got suspended for the next game. Yep. They lost a series. That was probably the the height of. I mean, I they were probably going to win it that year. You know what's funny is I think Tim Donahue was refing that game. I'm sure. He probably was he was. really? I think so. I don't have it in front of me, but what I believe ter- so. What a terrible rule. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Amar he got suspended. If it was completely objective, then it would not be a terrible rule. What I mean by that is if every single time someone left the bench, oh, suspension. That would be fair, right? That's how it should be. But that's not how it's enforced. And it has not historically been enforced that way. It was with, The NBA wants this narrative to be pushed. Oh, we're going to suspend this guy now, this few guys, because that's 
it appears, at least appears, that's the, the narrative that wants to be pushed by the NBA that year. Do you think De, uh, DeRozan gets suspended a game? You see what he did yesterday? Got called for a charge, and he, I mean, he threw about a 90-mile-an-hour fastball at an official. They, really? threw, they, threw him, they threw him out of the game instantly. It was a fourth quarter, I think. I didn't and, see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was mad about the charge. And he, I mean, he tried to take that ref out. What do we think of the Spurs and the and the the Raptors right now? Because they had obviously that that trade. Um, is are both those teams irrelevant? No, no. The Spurs no. are playing the Nuggets. I, stuff. I know they're I still mean, in it. Yeah, two to two now, isn't it? I mean, DeRozan's a good player. He can't shoot outside, but him and Lamarcus Aldridge that makes for a good team. The Spurs just they need some more help. I think they're. You know, their guard got hurt before the season even started. Yeah. So they're playing with a lot of people you've never heard of. Yeah, I think they got down 11 yesterday with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And yeah. they, they didn't put Aldridge back in. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. And with the Raptors, you know, I I doubt I doubt um, Kawhi is going to stay there. They said he's looking at the Clippers, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Games today? We have the Celtics at Pacers at 1 p.m. Celtics lead the series 3-0. They're mm-hmm. probably going to win. We can basically move past that as far as I think intrigue. Most of the games have been pretty close, though, right? Within, yeah, but except yeah. the Detroit game, I guess. Okay, except the Detroit. But but moving along the, the the slate of games for today, we have the Warriors at the Clippers today at 3:30. Golden State leads 2-1 at Golden State. It's probably going to be a blowout. That's uh, at. It's in L.A. It is. Yeah, it's 2-1. Okay, yeah. It's game four. So, but the Clippers could win today. Patrick Beverly that, needs to come out swinging. I'm really interested in yeah. seeing. I, You know, just for the chance that... The Clippers win. Well, yeah, and there could be a fight. <laughs> I mean, look, the, yeah. the, the net Sixers, I'll probably watch that next game just because there's so much heated rivalry between Jared Dudley and Embiid or Simmons, right? Golden State's favored by nine today at 3.30 on ABC. I'm engaged. I'll be watching that. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Beverly, I, I I love guys like that. Right? Yeah. You? Now, talking to my son about it, it's a fine line because you can't just go out there and consciously be like, I'm going to play the role of Ron Artest. You have to actually be real good at defense because yeah. you just foul out immediately and they'll be like, you suck. You, were, you, you didn't help us. Yeah. Right, you have to actually be really good at defense, right? You know, he hurt Westbrook, and then one suddenly year, he? bump somebody. What? Did, didn't he hurt Westbrook one year? I believe he did when he was trying to call a timeout and he buckled his knee or something. Then I think the following year he ran into Westbrook again. They almost fought. I know they don't like each other. Yeah. There, there's a long history there, and that's what's great about guys yeah. like that. Uh, guys that come to mind that we haven't mentioned yet today would be Doug Christie or Bruce Bowen. Absolutely. <laughs> I had Derek Anderson in here in studio with me one time. And we got to, I got to pick his brain. As the NBA, historical NBA junkie that I am, if you look at who Derek Anderson was teammates with, my God, some of those teams he was on, Yao Ming, Arvita Sabonis, I got to ask him all sorts of awesome questions. I need to dig up the archive from that show. Mm-hmm. Craig Elo. <laughs> okay. Craig Elo. <laughs> but there's some guys, there's some guys that other players simply don't like. And I'm not going to say... Exactly who. But, you know, Doug Christie wrote a book to tie things together earlier. Doug Christie came out. He was faithful to his wife always and wrote a book saying how 
I'm the only guy in the NBA who's faithful to my wife. Okay, that's all right. You guys know this. Doug Christie's probably the most hated guy in the history of the league. Okay? He wrote, obviously wrote that book, but also, on top of that, his playing style was just... He, he was like, I'm just here to play defense, man. I mean, his teammates probably loved him, but playing that heel role, I love it. And, and Patrick Beverly is the, the current incarnation of that. Is there anyone else currently that deserves to be mentioned? Doug Christie, Bruce Bowen, Ron Artest, Lance Stevenson. Stevenson, I guess, is still around, but yeah. not in the uh, playoffs. He's fall, you know, he's kind of fallen off the last Who? couple Stevenson? of years. Stevenson. He signed that. He three- fell off in the middle of his career, big time. Like I didn't even know if he was in the NBA. Well, he signed anymore. a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract with the Hornets, and it just totally flopped out on that yeah. team. So, he's like the type of guy who has to be on a real good team to get up and really be engaged, almost. But I do got a four-year player that I think will be a Draymond Green type. Okay, go on. Uh, Grant Williams from Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, he should be good in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, he put his name in the draft. He's only a junior. He put his name in the draft. He's probably going to come back. Who would you compare him to currently in the NBA? What type of NBA player will he be? Because Draymond Green, I think, has won two Defensive Player of the Year awards. I'll bring it up here. Yeah. But, I mean, that's he, – he has reached serious heights. Yeah. What kind of player do you think he'll be? Well, you know – the three games I watched, he can handle the ball. He's passed great out of double teams. I mean, he's he's a good passer. Um, I don't know if he can play defense like Draymond. I think he's more of a low post defender. But still, Draymond didn't have the reputation in college. There's always guys in college, and then you almost take on a different type of identity. Mm-hmm. You have to if you want to excel in the NBA, right? So Draymond Green wasn't known as the defensive stopper. Nope. Very few people would have predicted him as a candidate to be Defensive Player of the Year during his time under Izzo right. at Michigan State. I remember. Yeah. His freshman year, they played Louisville in the tournament. His senior year, they played Louisville in the tournament. I remember Draymond Green's career. Yeah, he was more of a low-post guy. He was. He was, yeah, a, so. he was a good college player. A lot of it just depends on what situation you get in, right? Yeah. I mean... Oh, entirely. Look at my... Montrez is successful in this Clippers system because him and Lou Williams just run the pick and roll, and he's great. He could roll either way. He knows what to do. He knows what Lou Williams is doing. If he gets the ball, he knows he can pass it out. He's he's very good at that, and he's just an energy guy. You know, maybe if he would have stuck with the Rockets, I mean, that's another system he could have been successful in, but if he's on another team, who knows if he's this good. I mean, does he, Draymond? Does no, he even Montrez. start? Does he, I don't even know if he starts for the I'm Clippers, not sure either, but he's one of the best, uh, you know, young centers in the league. If we're trying yeah. to sell something to our listeners to be engaged in today, 3.30 p.m. on ABC, the Warriors at the Clippers, right? Mm-hmm. Will Patrick Beverly come out swinging? Montrez Harrell almost has a pro wrestler type persona to him at times. He did while at Louisville, and that hasn't gone away since he's went to the NBA. So, I mean, as far as getting people riled up and, and leaving everything on the line, this game has the makeup for that. Yeah, and at 9.30, there could be some more action. You have the Thunder versus the Blazers. There's some more guys that don't like each other. Uh, Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook. So, we'll see what happens there. I'm Blazers, I don't know. You kind of think that the Thunder should be better year after year, right? I mean, it's the same same thing every year. Yeah, Harold comes off the bench for the 
for the Clippers, which is, like you say, he's a great energy guy. Yeah. But if you look at the total minutes, he ends up playing. Yeah. 24 minutes, yeah. Zubak uh, plays 17 minutes, so yeah. What about Seth Curry? He, he's getting some run for the, for the Blazers, yeah. I didn't know that. Looking at the game, uh, game two, he played 18 minutes, scored nine points, three of four from deep. He's not his brother, but he's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And he's in the playoffs still. I, I'm intrigued, right? Portland leads the series 2-1. to one. He's, on the, he's on the Trailblazers. Enos Cantor is playing. Damian Lillard, obviously, C.J. McCollum. Those would be their stars. Cantor's helped that team a lot. Yeah, he has. They, they also got Scal. They got him for nothing. Speaking of Scal, he had 29-15 and 15 the last game of the regular season. He played three minutes in game two. All right, so I'm looking at the box scores here. <laughs> There's NBA players littered, or Kentucky players littered all yeah. across the NBA. We can look at each and every box score and name a couple of them. Yeah. Do you, you like claiming Scal as a, a Wildcat, Chris? Uh, you know. You don't hate him. No, but, I mean, I don't have many memories of that team being very good. Okay. Um. I don't know. What do you think, Gary? Yeah, I mean, he's fine. I mean, he, he's not a center. Cal needed a center. He played him a center. Uh, people don't realize he went two years without playing before he went to Kentucky. So, he's fine. I mean, he's just an average average player, I guess. I mean, he's good enough to still make a roster somewhere. Game three, he did not play mm-hmm. for, for the Trailblazers. Enos Cantor played 29 minutes, 19 points, five rebounds in game three. As OKC won, you know, 120 to 108. Portland obviously now leads the series 2 to 1. Steve, you're intrigued with that series. With the uh, Blazers, yeah, yes. they just come on so late. That's the only thing with me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, they don't, they'll go to midnight. Yeah. Where I look like, Kelly, huh? <laughs> I got to be up in the morning, you know? I, I feel like schedules should work around my work schedule. <laughs> that honestly, and I'm 35, so I'm not that old. But staying up late to watch UFC fights or boxing matches and doesn't really fit with worst. my. Those they are the worst. One to two a.m. Yeah, what are you supposed to do? Especially when we have to be in here the next morning every yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And then your entire Sunday is you're exhausted. I've been here from nine to eleven every Sunday, basically probably ninety eight percent of Sundays over the last seven years of my life. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Get together with your buddies and watch games on Saturday, or watch a fight on Saturday night. And then what? It ends at 1 a.m. and you're like, all right, guys, get out of here. You please leave now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, you want to keep partying. You don't You don't end up pulling an all-nighter. You ain't got no sleeping bags. You just put your sleeping bags in front of the TV and wake up the next morning, you carpool. <laughs> <laughs> Will all of us meet up and do it? We can try that. You guys want to do a sleepover for the next big fight? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. Everybody have, <laughs> everybody have all their kids over there. Yeah, just make it a have a big cookout and everything. Okay. Next Saturday at the Dayton Convention Center is HRMMA 107. I'll be up there. Some great fights on the card. Then Saturday, May 25th in Lexington. A very much so anticipated uh, card. We have not only Daryl Ray will be fighting... Damian Miller, which is an amateur fight. Keep in mind that's an amateur fight. A lot of hype behind that. But Jamel Muhammad will be fighting, trying to avenge his loss against Shields. 
That's one of the pro fights. We also have our man Doc Parks will be fighting. Doc, uh, I mean, is back there. Can we get Doc on for just a moment? Let's clarify. Doc, you are fighting Saturday, May 25th in your hometown of Lexington, Kentucky, correct? That is correct. Okay. Okay. Two and one. I'm sorry, one and two is an amateur. Have not been finished. Correct. So you've, you have two losses on your record, both decisions. Any little sneak peek? This is the last time we'll be on the air for a couple weeks. We'll still be on the air prior to the May 25th card. Right. But we will not be on next Sunday. Where, where's, how's your training camp coming and... How does that coordinate with you smoking a bunch of cigarettes every day? It is good. <laughs> it's going great. Uh, I got to. How many know, cigarettes do you smoke every day? At least a pack. Which is how many? I'm, you know, twenty. Okay, every day. If you were cool, you know how many that was. That was. That I need pack. to work on that. All right. And your diet? Is it still all Wendy's? No, sir. It's uh, mostly uh, McDonald's now. Cheeseburgers, no pickle, no onion. That's it. It's good for protein. Okay. So the, a, a glimpse into the diet and training routine of a MMA fighter. I do want to say I have a new strike. I will be throwing in the fight. <laughs> a, new, I, a new kicker. <laughs> what? I, I, yeah, oh yeah. It's what a, do you mean a new strike? You're going to go on strike? You're going to pick it? No, no, no. A new way to strike somebody. Is, okay. I don't want to say what it is. It is something that is... It's something that... I, I don't want to say on the air, but it's something... You don't I, want to give your opponent... Correct. ...an edge. He's probably listening. Right. Okay. Uh, um, probably. Certainly. He should be. He'd be crazy not to be. Uh, just, okay. Even if he wasn't going to fight me, he'd be crazy not to be listening. No, there's a lot of great fights on this Saturday, May 25th card in Lexington. Right, Doc? This is going to be, I think, one of the best cards in many years. On paper, at least. It doesn't always live up to the expectations when you say that, but uh, we have Christian Jones against Bryant Haynes. For a title. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of fights on that card. So if anyone is interested in getting involved, watching an MMA show, this would be a good one to go to, in my opinion, in Lexington. When are they going to be back in Louisville? Any Anything on the upcoming schedule? Nope. No. Last time they were was August 11th at 4th Street. Street for HR MMA 100. Okay. <laughs> Prior to that, they were at Expo 5, and there was a fighter on the card who passed away. A lot of negative publicity covered by the Courier-Journal. I don't know when the next time they'll be back in Louisville. Doc? I mean, I'm not sure. You would think I would know if any. I I think he likes the Shepherdsville venue. Shepherdsville's a good good fit, yeah. No more Expo 5, though, since the guy died, I don't think. I don't think so either. Yeah, it it didn't... uh, didn't get a, a bunch of positive publicity. He may do another 4th Street open-air environment this summer, seeing how the last one went. But I, I agree with you. I think I, if he's going to do Louisville again, it's going to be 4th Street, if not Shepherdsville. Okay. Which I, I don't I don't mind fighting in Shepherdsville either, given I train out of Shepherdsville. So Doc Parks not only acknowledging he'll be fighting on the Saturday, May 25th card, sounds like he's saying he's <laughs> going to fight on some other cards too. We'll see. That's what you just said, right? Well, perhaps. Said you wouldn't mind fighting on the Shepherdsville card. You know, that Expo 5 has held a lot of events, hasn't it? As yeah, and still does boxing and... but, but Concerts. Oh, yeah. Expo 5 is very versatile. Yeah. Yeah. No more for the MMA at this time, though. At least not from the HR MMA promotion, I don't think. Located, I guess that would be Shively, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably 40216. 
they got some they're growing around there. Got some new clubs up. Tell us. Tell us about it, Gary. Just a couple minutes left. Seven Street Road. Are you being facetious there? No, no. I rode through there the other day and they've they've put several more strip clubs up. Really? Yeah, so they must have some big concerts. Like strip malls, you mean? Or actual adult, actual adult, adult, adult entertainment, yeah. Okay. You'll have so. to check that out sometime, Kelly. I would love to. You, you, and, look, you and your he's buddy. He's putting it in his phone yeah. right now. As He's putting it in his notes. I'm texting you, myself you to not Darryl? forget about this. Daryl Ray yeah. manages Playpen up in northern Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Gentleman's Club. He can expand his brand. Adult entertainment is what it Do was. Do we need Daryl Ray down in Louisville? I'm down. We'll have him back on at one point. In all seriousness, just a couple minutes left in the show. Doc and I do a weekly podcast these days where we focus a little bit more on the MMA scene and jujitsu and things like that that we don't talk about as much here on the air. Doc did his his wizardry and actually got us onto Spotify. And iTunes. And iTunes. So if you wanted to, if you have more interest in specifically that... We'll be recording an episode tonight. We're going to review the Midwest Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Nationals, which occurred yesterday at Moore High School in Louisville. Doc's uh, kind of flinching over there because he doesn't like all gi tournaments. That's okay. Look, he's, he's making some inappropriate facial motions. That's all right. He doesn't like gi tournaments. But if you wanted to listen to it, you type in The Kelly Patrick Show on Spotify, and you can listen to, I think there's now four or five episodes on there that you can listen to. And, and we plan on having guests on the show coming up. But I know here on the weekend sports buzz, Steve Driver, Gary Love, Chris Embry, every Sunday morning we talk about all things in the world of sports, college basketball, college football. But there is that little piece to it. Just a couple minutes left in the show. Main focus today, I would say, is first time we're on the air since Tiger Woods won the Masters at the age of 43. He rose from the ashes and he he's now victorious and Men across the men across the country are throwing their arms in the air in celebration. Mm-hmm. Not so much females. We have a full slate of NBA action. The NBA playoffs takes approximately four or five months in entirety. But still, if you really jump into it, you can get engaged. At the end of the day, we all agree the Warriors are going to win it, so it's not that exciting. But we have games today. I want to thank Gary Love at Scouting You on Twitter, Steve Driver at WSB1450, Chris Embry and Doc Parks. We will be back, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.